Welcome to the Designers Business Community Podcast, where Eric will be having conversations with other designers and share ideas, struggles, and tips relating to their businesses. Building a business could feel isolating, and that's exactly why we want to have these conversations to help you in your journey. Now sit back, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, it's Eric Lee with Starfish Coaching and Designers Business Academy. Today, I am happy to bring you another episode of my Founder Success Series. And today, my guest is Erica Sart of Sart Creative. She's an international speaker, an author, but more interestingly, she was an interior designer who transitioned to a marketing expert. And she has some great tips to share with us around marketing, but also the next level brand building, something that every business, especially creative designers, need to learn for their business. Thank you, Erica, for joining me on my podcast here. I'm so honored to have you here. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, I want to just give a quick introduction and then I'll hand it to you to do the, the detailed bit. But um, <laughs> okay. my guest today is Erica Sart of Sart Creative. She's an international speaker and author. Um, and what's really cool I found is your transition from being an interior designer uh, to now being your own, um, I guess, marketing agency, would, would you mm-hmm. call it that? Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. me more about that. I'd, I'd love to hear about that. Totally. Okay. Um, I am a brand marketing strategist focused on helping interior designers. And I say home brands, but manufacturers um, or makers in the home industry transform their business into unforgettable brands. Um, I kind of saw throughout my career, I was an interior designer for about 10 years working all around the world. And then I got, um, I'll talk about that. I got pulled into the dark side of marketing, um, a little over 10 years ago. Um, so I, I saw, you know, that interior designers, are often brought in at the last minute on a project. They're under leveraged, they're underappreciated for their work. Um, and I became very passionate about making sure that they got their story straight and heard and hired. Wow. <laughs> um, so like I said, the first half of my career, I worked as an interior designer. Um, and what I found that while designers are really good at presenting their own concepts, their own designs, their own, you know, pathway to, you know, whatever design it is that they're creating for the client, um, they're really not good at crafting stories about themselves, about the work and how it's really going to benefit the client. They're they're not so great at that. Um So what I saw was designers brought into client meetings, um, and this was in kind of a, on the corporate side, um, when I was doing um, design for agencies, I I saw designers kind of brought in to speak about the design because the clients like to see that, but then fumble through, you know, all the things that um, really kind of, you know, lost the client's interest really quickly. And so what I was able to do is I bring in really quickly a story, a narrative about how the design met the business goals for the client, or really kind of suited the the real why behind why they were building the project in the first place. And I was mm-hmm. so I was able to bridge the gap between the designer, the design project, the design idea, and what the client was really looking and paying for. And so that sort of led me into kind of a marketing marketing roles, multiple different types of ways to support the marketing team and then eventually into starting my own business, um, which has been really exciting. Wow, that's such an interesting journey. 
Thank you. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, what was the the impetus for you? Uh, like when you were working as a designer and yeah. you said, I got to start my own marketing company. What, what was that for you? That's <laughs> kicked it off. Okay. So, well, I started Sorry Creative in 2020. Um, so I had been working um, in marketing for about 10 years at that point um, for a very, very broad range of um design related industries. So I, like I said, I worked on the agency side. I worked, um, in home furnishings. I worked for furnishings manufacturers, luxury upholstery manufacturer. I also worked for a commercial furniture manufacturer, a really fantastic one with beautiful products. And so I got to see, um, how they were selling kind of B2B, how they, what they were, you know, doing to sell back to the designer or to sell to design firms. Um, I got to see the designer side, what the designers were really asking from the manufacturers to be able to, you know, sell their projects with, you know, specs and all the things that, you know, not just that the manufacturer require, you know, produces for them, but the materials, the language, the story about how they're made. Um, I then also worked in, um, I worked in, a global tech hospitality company um, in San Francisco. And I sat in between the marketing team and the environments team to create an entirely new product of um, homes to go on this platform where we were going to work with interior designers to create designs for these for these listings. Um, and that was a really wonderful kind of way to see interior design um, and think about procurement and think about that kind of entire sort of how do you create a digital product around that. Um, mm -hmm. So that was fascinating. And then COVID hit. So 2020, oh, wow. everything changed. Um, and I kind of decided that it was time everybody was going to be in their home. I was going to be in my home, but people were thinking about design, interior design specifically, more than anything else. They were thinking about how are we going to educate our kids? How are we going to, you know, keep our homes sanitary and clean and safe? They were thinking about how are we going to manage all of these new kind of functions in our, our environment and still be happy and comfortable and, and fulfilled. And that was like, mm -hmm guys, that's what we've been doing. That's what interior design is. I was so excited. Right. right. Um, and so I saw a lot of interior designers struggling to start to manage all the business that they were getting. I saw them really kind of saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that it was a really good time to say, okay, I can, I can do this again and I can do this on my own. I can help interior designers create marketing strategies, create brand brand stories, brand narratives, you know, messaging that really is going to resonate, get them the clients that they really deserve and and really want to work with. And um, that's, I'm going to start a business around this. And I also reached out to all the manufacturers I knew. And I said, look, you know, you've been using fax machines and Xeroxes now. <laughs> like that stuff's not going to cut it anymore. The designers need more from you. How are you going to manage this digital transition? And what can I do to help you? So I was, you know, just like anyone, maybe starting a business sort of thinking like, okay, I've got all, you know, I've got this skill. There's a need. I'm filling a space. I'm super excited. And my business was born. Sorry, Creative was born. And um, it's been a very fast, amazing road ever since. Yeah. It's been three years now. And I am, um, wow. yeah, it's, it's been amazing. So awesome. Well, you know, our audience is uh, predominantly business owners themselves, a, a yep. lot of creatives. Uh, I'd love you to share kind of that 
beginning business building journey, experience, lessons, whatever, you know, from the early days of your building business? Yes. So I I knew from working in branding and marketing that I wanted, it was very clear to me, like, okay, I know, you know, the functions, I know what it takes to start a business. And I know that um, a business, well, first you have a company, then you have a business because you bring in revenue and then you have a brand, right? And I knew I, I, I really needed to focus on kind of what my values were, what I was going to say yes to, and what I was going to say no to, that's super important when you start any business, not just a creative business, but really essential to define your ideology, the reason you're doing what you're doing. Um, I really wanted to define super clearly who I was doing business for. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it was going to be interior designers, commercial or residential um, or somewhere in between. Um, it was going to be manufacturers people who make things for, I I was saying for the home, but then it turned, I also had a lot of commercial clients too. So I, I was very clear on who, um, who that market was. I've also worked with architects. I've worked with builders and I consider them part of the home industry because we, we come from the same place. You know, we're really, even if our services are very different, we come from, you know, the same place. And, and typically we are attracting, um, well, the client base has a similar set of core emotion, you know, that are driving their motivation to hire, a you know, a home builder or an architect yeah. or a, a designer. Um, so that was my market. And I knew that really clearly. And then I, you know, I, I worked really hard to make sure that I had the right systems. Um, having run a business before um, on my own too, um, I, I knew it was really important to just be very organized about how I took in business, um, what my process was for, you know, everything, um, documents. Um, but I, but I didn't, I would say one thing I I didn't do right away early on enough. Um, And it's hard to do this. And I think you can, maybe we can have a conversation about this. It's like, you want to set up the right systems, but you don't anticipate everything that you're going to need. And sometimes you have to step back or make sacrifices, make hires um, early on um, just to take the load off of, you know, all the work it takes to be a solopreneur or to be, you know, an entrepreneur who's starting out, you know, just maybe even on your own. It's a lot. <laughs> it's yes. a tremendous amount of of um, of work to set up a business and then to be thinking about it as a brand. So I guess that's just to answer your question. The first thing right. I did was to really make sure that those things were well considered. Yeah, no, that you're, you're so right. And I think, I think everyone that's listening to this can appreciate the amount of work that goes into mm-hmm. starting uh, a business, except for the, our employees. That's a different story. Right? <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, they don't I, really understand. No, yeah. they, they don't appreciate it. But I think um, what, what you talk about is, is great. Uh, and I just want to expand that on that a little bit is you you've had uh, business building experience so and i built eight bis- different businesses but even yes. when I, my uh, starfish coaching business you have the best intentions and and you know the process and you you plan all that out but i think business just in general is yeah it's always going to have something unknown thrown at you that's always the case oh, so, yeah <laughs> you the best but then you have to be fluid enough and i think the great thing is as solopreneurs mm-hmm. uh, especially experienced ones you can understand that. And as long as you enroll with the punches, then yes. great. Um, I think the the key trick though, is how do we, like when we kind of get to a certain 
situation or, or certain stage of our business when we can systematize is how do we get discipline to stay disciplined, right? Because we're our worst enemy, uh, especially when we staff and stuff. We, we think, oh, I can do it differently here. Yeah. And then we don't stay disciplined. Do you get that? Yes. I call that shiny, shiny carrot syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) You're always, I I think it comes from a place of um, insecurity sometimes where you hear an idea like on a really great podcast and you, you know, you hear an expert or you hear someone talking about their experience and you think like, I can do that too. You know, I, yes, that's what I'm gonna do. That sounds amazing. I'm going to go back and I'm going to do it. And you start, but you don't, you kind of just have the headlines. You don't really have the full Yes. Um, so <laughs> you kind of like bounce from idea to idea, which is unfortunate because you, you, if you if you stick with one thing, uh, let's say you put more time into sort of researching a particular system or sort of if you hear that one thing, kind of go deep, right? Go right. deep and see if it's going to work for your type of business before kind of jumping around because that's exhausting. You know, yeah. it takes it takes away your creative energy and that's really what you should be focused on in a, in a creative, you know, service business. Yeah. You know, that's a great tip there. And I want to expand a little bit uh, on it for uh, our audience. Um, And I think what you're talking about is with entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs are naturally creative and more dreamers, if you will, quote unquote. So we love these ideas, right? Like we, we get excited about this and we're missing as a solopreneur, we're missing that critic, that, that, that person pokes the holes in our theories to yeah. anchor us a little bit. Yeah. Um, I get the benefit of that in my big teams, but totally I get it as a solopreneur. So yeah. I think anyone out there that's listening, that's a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, that's probably the biggest tip is don't go with the first flashy idea, <laughs> bet it through, you know, yeah. think it through, maybe even bounce it off a skeptical friend that you may have or something and just be open to feedback, right? Yep. That skeptical <laughs> friend is actually, yeah, an amazing sort of like duality for you is to someone to just tell you, say, well, wait a second. Have you thought about this? And even if you're kind of at the end of it, like, thanks for your suggestion. I've heard you, but I'm going to move forward with it anyway. Getting to do the little kind of rigorous, you know, process of following through will serve you well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, No, that's, that's a great tip. Um, So it sounds like you've done a, a lot of things right in starting your business Looking back now, if there's something that you would do again, what would you do differently just so that our our audience can benefit from it? Yes, I would manage growth better. Like mm. I said, it's been it's only been three years, um, but it's been accelerated for me very quickly just because the interior design business has been, you know, going really well (laughs) up until kind of somewhat recently. Um, I've seen clients sort of start to pull back on marketing. I've seen them, which is a mistake. We can get to that later, but don't do that. (laughs) But I've seen them sort of, um, you know, not getting the same kind of inquiries that they were getting before, not seeing the amount of um, demand for interior design services. Um, So for me, what that meant was like growing really, really fast and having the systems that I was able to implement early on really served me, but I certainly saw gaps and I resisted for too long hiring the people who could help me because I thought I could take it on myself. And I think that is a huge, once you learn how to delegate to, let's say, not just hire someone for your team, but to delegate, hire a consultant, hire an agency, like 
make the sacrifice financially that it's going to take to do that, knowing that it's going to free up your time to do the things that really, really deeply impact your business. Um, we're not accountants. We are not, I mean, maybe you come from an accountant background, but like, you know, the things that are out of our zone of genius really should be given over to professional people, you know, professional providers who can really accelerate, you know, help you understand the process much better. Like you're not going to do your own like law, right? You're not a lawyer. (laughs) You wouldn't, you wouldn't dare kind of draft, you know, I don't know, a a cease and desist or a, you know, even a contract, you wouldn't do that. You're not going to, in some cases, do your own bookkeeping. You're not going to plumb your own projects. You're not going to build your own car, but why do people (laughs) like, (laughs) why do designers think or creative, you know, business owners believe that, you know, you can successfully ride in all those lanes. It's just, it's not possible. And I, I see marketing once I, you know, work with clients who see the success of, you know, what it takes to, you know, really hire a a marketing, a capable marketing partner. Um, Mm -hmm. They are just like, you know, oh my gosh, yes, of course. (laughs) This is not something I could have ever managed. So I say I didn't delegate soon enough. That's, you know, that's a great tip. And and that's, that's actually something I work a lot with uh, uh, for my coaching clients is, Mm -hmm. especially as a startup, they, they, I see it over and over again, where they try to do everything. And then when I just coach them on the fact that, wait a minute, let's, let's assign an hourly rate for yourself. How Mm -hmm. much is that worth? And how much value are you bringing in? That's so great. (laughs) You know, and do pass off for 30, 40 bucks an hour, whatever that is. Right. And not just that it's, it's, it's the, it's the cost, but then I bet you by the time you do your bookkeeping and give to a real bookkeeper, they'll have to redo that. So now you're They're gonna. <laughs> that is a really good point. <laughs> right? yes, yes. It makes no sense when you factor oh, all that in. It's true. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, but I, you know, what I've seen too, is that in, you know, people who do it once they get a, you know, really they, they get it, they understand. And then it's like, it opens up entirely new um, mindset about what a business can mean, right? What does that mean when you have so many really capable people supporting you? Um, you know, what can you, what new ideas can you pursue? What new opportunities open up in front of you? It's really exciting. So it can be scary. Um, but it can also be really empowering. Right. Yeah. And that's the mindset set that they have yeah. to get to, which you talk about. So yeah. I totally agree. You mentioned marketing, right? Yeah. Marketing experts. Let's not do that ourselves. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, well, what's the most important thing that you see for business owners around marketing? Um, well, first, I, I think I, the things I told you when I was setting up, thinking about a brand, I think you have to really know what's going to what you're saying yes to and why those are your values, right? What is going to, what kind of clients, what kind of, you know, opportunities, like a licensing agreement, a a really huge project comes in front of you. And, you know, maybe the answer is not always yes, right? Is it going to lead to your end, right? If your end goal in your business is to be, you know, photographed in and published in multiple magazines, like, is that project really going to get you there? Um, Is it going to get in the way of other projects? So, um, you know, defining what makes you really differentiated, what makes you really unique um, and original uh, and really sort of grasping that your, your heritage, any um, your, your background, any 
you know, accreditation or your education or your, what you were doing maybe before you came into interior design. I know a lot of business owners that I talk to have backgrounds in something that's completely unrelated to design, yet they've made a transition. And those experiences are super relevant. And, um, so thinking first about like what makes you different is really, really important because that's kind of okay. the heart of some of the you know marketing that you'll do. I would say the second thing is to, like I said, really know your client, really know exactly, not just, you know, who they are and, you know, where they live and how much money they make and, and that kind of personality defining right. persona creating is super important. But what right. I get to with my clients is what is really driving their core emotional motivation. There are this, there's a body of research that, um, consumer, like fast moving consumer goods companies, um, big ones used to sell, you know, things like toothpaste and, um, you know, toilet paper and even cosmetics and things like that. And so there's a psychology when you go to the grocery store or to the department store, um, or wherever it is you're purchasing things now online, there's a psychology behind how they're positioned in the, in the store, how they're not just how they're packaged, the identity, but like how the messages are being, you know, presented to you. Um, and you have an association with them because, perhaps you recognize and are loyal to specific brands, but their stories are bit really baked into them understanding you. And they, this research is very, actually very interesting and very, um, very famous in kind of the ad agency marketing world. Um, and there's like 16 or 17 of these really big core human emotions that drive wow. us that those stories are built around. I took that research and kind of being aware of it, I've sort of seen this play out in my marketing career with designers and manufacturers of home goods. And I created five of them that I I, I see over and over again, that drives clients to really want to work with an architect, an interior designer, a builder, because they have mm-hmm. to do with this sense of place and home. And so you have to really understand those emotional core motivations um, to be able to take your differentiator, take your thing that makes you completely extraordinary and unique and and understand their emotion, motivation and create a story around it. Um, right. And so those things I see are just not addressed <laughs> in a lot of um, websites and social media, I, you know, most designers, most creative businesses, their stories are about them. They're about where they went to school. They're about, you know, the services they offer. They're about their team. But what people really want to know is how you can make their lives better. And right. that's storytelling that's going to really resonate with your client and help you, ad- I would say, elevate your business to the level of a brand. And right. that is kind of... um the the biggest mistake I see sometimes too is that people don't have any of this in their storytelling and they create a they start to create a website. Um and they 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 wonder why, you know, the copy feels empty. It doesn't feel like them. It doesn't, you know, it sounds like everybody else's. It's very samey samey or it's full of jargon. And, you know, that doesn't resonate with clients at all. Um, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make people lean in and want to understand and get to know you more. Um, so those are big, big kind of things I see very often. Um, but they're easy fixes. So I I won't say that they're, they're catastrophic, (laughs) catastrophic, um, but they're, they're, they're very common. 
Right. That's, you know, mm -hmm. what you bring up is so huge. I, I want to just spend a bit more time on that. Yeah. I also see it through my coaching is that people, especially the startups, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they just want to take anything they can get because yeah. obviously yes. they're just starting up. Yes. So yeah. then <laughs> they don't worry about the niche, the audience, the none of that stuff. Right. And I love the way that you put it, which is, it's a subtle shift, but it's so powerful. It's like, yep. okay, don't just talk about you, you, you. Right. And people want to know what you can do for them. And that's your message. Yes. That's it. Yes. Just shifting it a little bit will yes. have so much more impact. I yes. love that. Yeah. And if you think, I always give people homework. So I'm going to give your audience a little bit of homework. Okay. Think about the next time you go to buy anything, like literally anything. It could be toothpaste. It could be a car. It could be a handbag. It can be, you know, whatever coffee even. What is making you choose? What's the story you're telling yourself or that brand is telling you? Pay attention. Like, what is it that's motivating you to do that thing? And if you sit with those ideas um, for enough time, you will start to see, okay, yeah, my clients have a similar motivation as well. And that's kind of what you need to tap into with the storytelling. Um, you know, and you think there's many brands that do this really well. Apple does this really well. Apple yeah. doesn't sell phones and computers. They sell creativity and innovation and, you know, potential. <laughs> so <Yes>. they're, <laughs> they can sell anything. Now they're selling security. Oh, what is it? Um, they're selling like, I don't know, safety and <laughs> they're selling all kinds of things like music yeah. and whatever, yeah, but yes, such a huge following. Yeah. Yep. But that's actually what being a brand will open up for you too. So you, yes. let's say as a designer, a lot of designers dream of having their own product lines. They have a dream of, you know, licensing their name or, or creating for a larger brand. And so that might not seem like it fits necessarily into what you're doing now when you're just doing services. But if you are, again, operating from the level of having an ideology or operating from the level of having a brand, those extensions start to make sense. If your goal is to, right. you know, serve people and help them, you know, just like in your business, like it will allow you to create business after business line after business line that all ladder up to this one objective and everything will make sense. And mm -hmm. it's, it's exciting. It's the yeah. potential is fascinating. Wow. That's huge. That's a great tip. Yeah. Um, yeah. So share with us one more if you can. Yeah. Uh, and I want to know what you can tell our designer audience, uh, what they need to know to create that effective marketing for their business. Ah, or, okay. Or common avoid, like common mistakes to avoid. That's yeah. Great. So, um, okay. Once you've got this really amazing, you know, personal, unique, I like the word original more than unique, let's say original story um, for your business. I like, <laughs> I'm going to use a, a little bit of analogy. I think marketing is like dating. So you, um, there's three phases of this, which are kind of very typical marketing, marketing speak. Um, but there is the, um, the awareness phase. That's the discovery phase. That's like, maybe you're dating on an app, right? This is like, if you want to think about Instagram or other social media, this is like how people are scrolling through and are stopped in their scroll by you, by a photo, by something you're saying. Um, potentially there's a, you know, something you've put out in your marketing about your business that really catches their eye. Um, that phase is very big and broad. Um, and you can be, you know, putting that out to lots of different people. Maybe you're, you know, 
meeting people at, you know, your local community center, you're meeting people everywhere. <laughs> I won't just say it's online, but you're sort of out and you're kind of, you know, getting to know people. The second phase, and if you think of this like a like a funnel, right? The second phase of this and aligning it with dating is the um, kind of getting to know you consideration. Are you the right fit? Should right. we go? Should we go out to dinner? Should we just have coffee? Um, you know, this is more like educating people about who you are as a business or a brand. So this is, um, let's say, in the top of the funnel, you have questions like, you know, um, what what does interior design? You know, what's an interior designer do? Right? They may not even realize they need someone to help them. What's an architect do? What is that really like? Like, what's it really like to hire someone professionally to come help my home? Do I need an architect versus an interior designer? Do I need a builder versus, you know, an architect? Do I need, um, you know, a decorator versus a designer? That those are really big questions people can ask, and all that happens in that discovery phase. That getting to know you phase is like, what can you do? Right. You look, you lean back on your story and you say, well, I'm different because of this, 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 and this. And, um, you know, I might understand you more closely because potentially, you know, I work specifically with families or with, um, you know, commercial projects only. Like this is when you start to create messaging in your social media on your website that really digs in a little deeper about who you are. So people can get to know you more. This is that dating more serious dating phase. And then the final phase of this is decision, right? Do you want to spend more time, more committed time with this person? Um, or, you know, you would say that, do I want to hire this person? Do I want interior design projects and architecture projects take years um, and they cost a lot of money and they require in some cases, you know, an entire lifestyle change. You have to move from your home or you have to change, you know, the scheduling for your children. It's like, it's a big commitment. And so there's a lot of information that has to be given. You can't expect to make someone fall in love with you and get married from an Instagram post. <laughs> You're right. not going to get a client from one Instagram or one kind of one thing you put out there. It's a, it's a process. It's a funnel. So marketing is really, if you start to understand, ah, okay, my messaging needs to change depending on where my clients are in that journey, my potential clients, um, then it gets a lot easier to start to think about, okay, is there you know, a better channel for one message over the other? Should I, you know, really focused and invest myself more in that consideration phase? If, you know, my clients aren't on Instagram or they're not on social media, I don't need to put a lot of, you know, focus and attention there and my messaging can shift and change. So obviously it's, it's a little bit more in depth and involved than that, but that's the, the framework. I think a lot of people certainly don't know. I mean, I'm, Right. You know, if, you, if you're not exposed to marketing. Um, but yeah, that's, I think, a big part of, um, yeah, one big thing people can take away from, from that. That's great. And that's huge. I, I would say that's kind of the next level. You know, a lot of business owners think they, like you said, think they can do yeah. it themselves, but that's so basic and they're just getting it wrong. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I love that you're sharing these, these nuggets of uh, wisdom here. Thanks. Yeah. If our audience wanted to connect with you, either for your service or or even to learn from you, what are some avenues yeah. for your connections? Thank you for asking. I'm super excited to, I'm about to launch a marketing school for creatives. It's, um, yeah. 
yeah, it's a six week, uh, very kind of hands-on course. Um, it's going to be, it will be virtual. So you can take it throughout the week as you go, um, just a couple of hours a week. By the end of six weeks, you'll have a marketing plan. I'm going to teach you this everything I've kind of talked about already um, and really everything I've learned in my career as a creative, as a designer, as a creative director, as a marketing director. And um, I'm going to put all that in this. All this is in this course. I've been working with a professional instructional design team to help me really parse through that information and make it learner friendly. Um, and so, yeah, by the end of six weeks, you'll have a marketing plan. You'll have a full understanding of marketing and I'll send you the link. You can include it in your show notes. Um, but otherwise I'm very easy to find everywhere. I'm at, um, Sarit creative, S A U R I T creative. And that's.com. That's on all the socials. It's all the same. So you can, um, check me out, find me. I put a lot of thought into my newsletter. I really love sending that out. I really love getting, you know, really thoughtful and interesting and educational emails. So, um, I put a lot of energy into that so you can sign up on my website for that. Um, yeah. And we can stay in touch that way. Great. Well, thank you again, Eric, so much for your wisdom. I think it's, uh, it's going to help our audience so much, especially when they start to do that marketing for their business and yeah, Definitely check out the course if they want to up their game in marketing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. This has been a really, like, a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I love your podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. Yeah. Take care. So I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Erica Sarit. She gave us some great tips there on how to not just market for your business, but build a brand, something that people will really get behind and just having that perceptual shift around your marketing message. Do check out her uh, course coming up and do reach out to her if you have any questions about that. I'm Eric Lee with Starfish Coaching and Designers Business Academy and I will see you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Designers Business Community Podcast. For more conversations with designers, please follow our podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. You can also join our Facebook group to connect with other designers near you. For business success tips, you can visit our Starfish Coaching YouTube channel. And for more information about our online courses for design businesses, please visit our website at starfishcoaching.net.